you can compare campaigns and right. see which campaign is performing better at creating a better ROI of in-store visit. All right, it's time for another episode of Grow the Dream today. Hey, I'm back. We're going to talk hey, about PR, the new way to do PR. Am I going to like it? I don't know. <laughs> you might disagree. We'll see. Uh, Facebook in-store conversions and um, interesting sidebar in secondary education. And I have a tool of the week oh boy. that will let you know if you are wasting time, if you're up to finding that out. Oh, boy. All that more coming up right now. Welcome to the most indispensable show for people doing the hard work of growing your business. It's the marketing podcast by entrepreneurs for entrepreneurs. Welcome to Grow the Dream. All right, welcome to episode 75 with the lovely sound. Rod, my esteemed colleague of coffee. Have a cup. We have a brand Sir. new brew of the day today for the first time, and I can't remember when. I, there are Pete's Coffee out in San Francisco. No, you, you came back. You just got back from San Francisco. Is that prop? There are Pete's Coffee out in San Francisco. Did I say that properly? Well, you would have to say there like are stores. some. There are you'd have to, yeah, like, you'd have to for our. You'd have to. It came out, and then I thought, you know, that doesn't sound right. Well, well this is like. Pete's uh, French roast, Rod. I bought this just for you, my friend, because really? it's supposed to be dark and smoky. Ooh. Well, let's just see about that. Yeah, let's see. You guys heard of Blue Bottle Coffee? No. I really want them to open up a chain here. That's it's good delicious. coffee. Is it good? It's dark. That's for sure. Yes. And oh, I think we good. left it in the French press for like an extra 20 minutes. So, oh, um, mm. Or 45 mm. minutes. Mm. Something like that. Just how Rod likes it. <laughs> so uh, uh, I, was having, yeah, I was having a conversation this past week uh, with good old Bob Mullen from uh, Mullen Brothers Jewelers. And do you remember when we were chatting about conversion tracking in Google? This yes. new groundbreaking thing that we need to get. I know. Google. Yeah. yeah. Larry, Larry Where's Kim. he at? Larry Kim. Okay. Hey, if you're listening and you work at WordStream, hook us up, man. Hook a brother up or yeah. hook three or, brothers or up. Or re-hook us up. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so we were. We were talking about uh, in-store tracking so you could track store visits from, from right. Google ads. And actually, I was thinking about Bob. When we, I was, when we talked about that episode, well, well actually, when I when I was attending I mean, the Google event, oh, I was yeah. like, I was like, Bob Mullen would love this, yeah, <laughs> yeah, oh, for sure. Except so, that I don't know geographically because of the size, you know, because Google and the maps and things, like they were only doing really, really large stores. Oh, big footage. companies, yeah. It's not a small. It's like a Target thing, right? Yeah, so it's still I wondered, in beta. I wondered about a smaller retailer just because of the, the geographic footprint. Like you have to, yeah, the GP. But I guess with beacons and things, you can make. Here's it work. the here's the thing, Facebook's got you covered. I love Facebook. I mean, at least for your Facebook ad side of things. Except I, for when I for for when I hate Facebook, and then right. I hate Facebook. I, I mean, this never like made big news. Uh, who knows why? Um, but Bob's like, yeah. Well, now you can set up a store so that so you guys have seen these local awareness ads in Facebook. Have you ever seen that when you go to create a, a Facebook ad campaign? Okay, so it's one of the options. You can do optimized for click. You can do optimized for page likes. And then there's, I mean, there's a bunch of other optimized for video, a bunch of other options. One of them is a local awareness ad. I've seen like where you can target people nearby within a certain radius. Is right, that, right. Is that... You can do that on any type of ad campaign. You can target people by radius. But there's a special type of campaign that is specific to creating local brand awareness. Okay. And within this thing, you can set up your different locations for your store. Okay. So instead of somebody clicking through your ad, going to your page, looking up your address, seeing your Google map, and then opening up Google Maps, they can see it all within the ad 
They can see where they are and where you are, you know, because Facebook has all this information. Well, now they're opening up. So that's a new type of local awareness ad, which is super cool. But then there's the option to integrate with their API and actually have, well, you talked about this, Rod, how could you tie tor- store visits? So Facebook is going to also ask for you when you set this thing up for your Wi-Fi ID in your store, and... which is going to give them you know, some conversion tracking as far right. as did they show up in the store. Right. And then if you plug into their API, you can actually send your transactions, your cash register right, uh, transactions back to Facebook and get dollars amount spent. Because, I mean, who wouldn't want to report all your sales back to Facebook just because? <laughs> yeah. Oh, the point is then you have the tracking all the way from the right. ad to the purchase. Right. Which I get, and I'm a big fan of the idea. The API is going to be <sighs> tough to work with, though, I, unless somebody comes up. Well, I'm just guessing well, they're because gonna, everybody's system's different. The yeah. API is there, but you'd have to hire a developer. I mean, But major point is sale providers will start to integrate. Yeah, good point. And, yeah, so I think If they've read this, if they know about it. I don't well, know how I... I mean, this came out... Well, they're hearing about it now. On June 14th. Well, of course, they're listening to our show. So, yeah. I mean, you know. Uh, yeah, June 14th. So almost a month ago. Interesting. I wonder, because I can't recall now when I went to that uh, Google event, but I think this must have been like... Around a, the same time. Yeah, I was going to say, this is probably Facebook going, we got that too. Yeah. Hey, look over here. We yeah. got that too. Yeah. Which, which I mean, there's their data might be better. I don't know. So I, is it going to be a hang-up for people, though, having to send their financials to Facebook in order to get... No, no they're not sending their financials to Facebook. Well, the... The, the stores are sending... This financial. That's what I mean. That's what, that's what, that's what I'm saying. I'm talking about. So in this case, the stores being the customers, have it, sending their sales to Facebook. I I think I wouldn't want to do if it. If we were going to draw the line with Facebook privacy, we should have drawn it well, way back I, in the see, sand a long time ago. I don't think it really ago. bothers me a lot either, but I think it might be a hurdle for a lot of people. Go ahead, David. Well, the other side of the coin is... They aren't going to know it. They don't though. need to... You wouldn't need to report your sales. You could still just measure the store visits. And then figure right. out your own conversion yeah. rate. There's something cool here, even if you don't want to mess with the API. I yeah. think within the Facebook ad but, interface, you can measure conversions, well, visits to in-store, which I would say is a is a much better correlation than any other. We've had zero types of conversion yeah. data. No, that's before. a huge step forward. But the final We've step is did that actually get them to buy? Now, yeah. once they're in a store, you have a whole different range of elements and atmospheres that contribute to them purchasing. They might be in your store because of that ad. Decide yeah. they don't want that, but then buy something else because the ad got yeah, them in the well, store. But but the bottom line is here: you don't need to tie every dollar to whether it came with a perfect ROI. In a perfect world, yes, and someday we'll hopefully get to that where every advertising dollar you spend, you can tie back. But the bottom line: you can compare campaigns and right. see which campaign is performing better at creating a better ROI of in-store visits. Right. So you right. don't have a dollar amount, but you assume that, so, that in-store visits correlates to some percentage of dollars. Now, so Google still, it has to be a big box store. But yeah. uh, with Facebook, because of this, it can be uh, it, you can be a nice small store. It doesn't matter how small it is. Yeah, so I haven't played around with it yet, um, but I will. So okay. very cool. Yeah. All right, so see how many people come to your location after seeing your campaign on Facebook? Optimize your ads and then analyze your uh, results. That's uh, that's that's fun. I like it. It's a pretty lackluster article, to be honest. It, the it content is. is. I mean, it's the, actually just downright boring. Could they have made it more low yeah. level and less attractive? Well, and they didn't even do like t- you know titles H ones or H twos or whatever to like say, hey, we have in store tracking. Like I have to dig into the paragraph and say, oh yeah, there's some in store tracking. That's pretty bad. I mean, it's almost like on purpose. <laughs> I don't know. It's weird. <laughs> It's Facebook. Okay. Well, I like the um, 
I like the fact that it's there, uh, and it's uh, it's funny to hear us complain about Facebook's content creation. It just is kind of amusing to me. <laughs> Isn't to, it? Th- that, I wasn't excited by their delivery of this news. <laughs> this, they're boring. I wish Facebook didn't suck. I, you know, anyway. I, I just It's funny, though, because we're, we're hooked on really great content creation, right? Yeah. So it's just it's humorous true. to think, well, they didn't they didn't announce this with much flair. But the thing is that so that's a filter through which we're going to see an awful lot though. Right. It's true. Hey, speaking of filters, I found out this week, I didn't realize you can buy your own geo filters on Snapchat. Someone who doesn't understand geo filters, geo filters is if you're in a location and you take a picture, which you're always in a location when you take a picture, <laughs> usually there there oh. should there could be interdimensional Snapchatting yes. is the thing. Yes, that yeah. would be cool. There could be filters yeah. for your your general area or an event that you're well, at. Yeah, well, so we've talked about filters like like when Taco Bell takes over or something and they have a taco, uh, like they did on Cinco de Mayo. I don't know if you I guys didn't saw see that, that we, filter. We no. to, we, but we talked about it on the show, right? So I guess major brands buy you know, placement on the Snapchat app with a filter for the day or something. Yeah, I didn't know, though, that you could could say, I just want to buy people within a certain radius of this location and spend only a little bit of money. And that's what we're talking about, these geo filters. That's really freaking cool. Oh. So, like, I can go in. They have an on-demand store. You have to create the artwork and stuff, you know, and they have specs that they've published. But, like, if we did an event, let's say we did a Grow the Dream Show event, Mm -hmm. we could create our own geo filter for the day and just buy... What we use, like we could just pay for a very small radius of people that come to our location. That's fantastic. That's awesome. And there are also community geo filters that you can submit that don't cost you something, but you can't use your brand name or your trademark or whatever in those. You have to. Uh. It's like a community thing. So, like we're going to a festival and we want to create a filter for that festival, we can submit it, and then they yeah. they have an approval process, which I think also applies to the ones you buy. I say. So, in your example of the event, yeah. Uh, which we concluded was cool. What's the actual value of it? <laughs> well, if we did a Wait. Grow the Dream show, let's say we did a Grow the Dream show event, uh-huh. and we have you know tens of thousands of business owners who come to our event. Oh, sure, sure, sure. Okay, right. Well, I'm liking this. Okay, so follow <laughs> more, me here for like a minute, and sure. we create a Grow the Dream show. <laughs> Uh, filter for the day, which I don't know what it would be, but let's say it had Einstein hair because listening to our show makes yeah. you brilliant. And Marketing Mondays, back in the days when we you know, published And our logo, Mondays. and then everybody that took a snap with that filter would be promoting our show that day when they publish the thing to their stories and send it to their friends. It's true. Would people understand that it was our filter? Yeah, because it would have our logo on it. branded. Would. Okay. Yeah, we'd buy it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so the radius of this thing would be like, the, just the square footage of the event I would think location. In that, so in be that very example, tiny. Yeah. Well, I mean, when we use the massive convention center for our big event, sure, yeah, right, it would right, be, right. Yeah. <laughs> well, like, Madison but, Square Gardens. Wait, that one? Uh, sure, I was but thinking I suppose, Orlando, though, like yeah. really big. You could use it for like awareness in advance of the event too. And make it a, well, a you, much larger, or like, what's yeah. the limit for how? Well, I think you pay, you pay more, more for. Yeah, I think you pay more for bigger territory. And people are going to see this filter and be like, "What is that? I don't get it. I'm yeah. not going to use it." Exactly. They'd have to be at the event to understand. Yeah, it would it. make more sense to only do a very small look. I would think. But anyway, yeah, that's, that's, my that's interesting. Uh, so that's kind of cool. And also, uh, Snapchat introduced this new thing called Memories. I think it is, which is like time hop. Is that a good way to describe it? Um, I think so. What it? The you way haven't this, been on Snapchat long enough. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I personally haven't been on Snapchat long enough to have any memories, but um, apparently it's in the Android app now. Although I'm not sure the feature has rolled out to everybody. Um, 
but the uh, Android app on uh, of Snapchat allows you. There's a um, a memories feature. You swipe up on the camera screen, and then you search with keywords to narrow down the results to the items that you're looking for. And Wait, so you, keywords. Yeah. So um, swipe up, or swipe up when you're on the camera screen. You swipe up. But this is <sighs> I'm swiping up. Nothing's happening. So maybe you don't have it yet. Because it says Whoa. it's rolling out. Oh, I'm zoomed in. Okay. Oh, interesting. Okay. That's a horrible video. All right. It's so not working for that'll me. That'll be interesting. But you know what I just found out, too? Because we were thinking, we were talking about Snapchat and all this other stuff and filters and things. I didn't know that you can stack filters on top of each other. How do you, how do you snack them? So here's what you do. Stack. on, on uh, You tap and hold the, on the screen. After you've already got one filter going... You tap and hold on the screen again, and then you swipe again to find another filter, and you can keep adding filters to the same shot. Whoa! You know, so you know how you you press and hold to map your face or whatever, yeah. and then it, and then it brings up the, yeah. the filters. You you just select one and then do that again. Okay, so this is the fifty six year old speaking, probably, but okay. I feel like one filter in Snapchat is already is <laughs> already is already. Sorry about that. Made too many peas in there. Is already feeling cluttered. When I look at it, I mean, it just gets really busy. I can't imagine having multiple filters. Well, and I can't imagine a photo that I can't zoom in on, too. So I just think this is cool. You mean like Instagram? Yeah. So, Rod, you have (laughs) kids that use Snapchat, right? I do. So my thinking is they don't know very much. But they don't know what we just talked about. So if you do this, you'll be cool. You'll be like, oh, Oh, you mean I get to show them something? Exactly. You're going to teach them something new on Snapchat. Mm-hmm. They already know I'm cool. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> but, but did you read the article about people complaining that you know millennials, uh, teens are complaining that their parents are now on Snapchat? Like, oh yeah, no. there's all this for, angst. For, it was bad enough their... when, when the old people got on Facebook. Now they're on Snapchat. Yeah. It's like you can't develop apps fast enough. We're gonna keep following you yeah. around, kids. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you can't get away from us. We're digitally connected now. So you know the little <laughs> emoji next to the to, we got our apps to your exactly. friends' names on on Snapchat. Yeah, you know, you know. Did you know that there's like a there's a legend to what they mean? If it's a gold heart, you are best friends with this person on Snapchat, meaning that you're the top that they're the top person you send to, and you're the top person yeah, they send. Yeah, I have to. a bunch of babies in my. You have a bunch of babies. What are the babies? I don't know what the. Babies you haven't are. seen the baby? I'm guarantee you. If you go to your Snapchat conversations, you're gonna find a bunch of babies. I don't see babies in the it list. Means though. they're like baby. Well, okay. Um, red, it means you have a bunch of baby relationships. A red heart means you've both been each other's best friend on Snapchat baby, for at least two weeks. All I have are babies. Right. Are babies? Yeah. Let me see. <laughs> I mean, have you not oh. noticed the babies? Wow. But that's not in the. Oh, baby, congrats! You just became <laughs> Snapchat friends with this person. It, yeah. Here's that's why where that, I landed. I'm on a Tech yeah. Insider article, and their icon doesn't look like a baby the same way it looks on Snapchat. It's like um. a different emoji. See, right down there. That's the baby. It doesn't look... How the dare you change the baby emoji? Actually, the one on Tech Insider looks like a little um, burrito. A burrito <laughs> baby? They're using the Google emoji, actually. Oh, okay. Instead of the um, whatever set of emoji that... So anyway, there's a bunch of Snapchat chat tricks. That's hard to say, isn't it? Snapchat tricks? Yeah. Got it. And Easter eggs and stuff. We'll link out to this because it, there are more ways for you to be um, cooler than your kids. <laughs> so Well, or stalk them. Or, yeah, exactly. Or know what the heck they're doing. Oh yeah, uh, with that. So that'll be fun. We'll link out to that with today's uh, show notes. Which, by the way, it's episode seventy-five. You can find our show notes at uh, growthedream.com/shows/slash zero seven five. 
for today's How episode. do you say 75 in Spanish? I just feel the urge. I want to say it. Siete cinco? Siete cinco. I mean, I don't know if that's how you say 70, but that's how you say seven. Right. Five. <laughs> I don't know if there's... Seven a, five. There's, I, don't, I don't actually know if there's a difference because I never learned to count that high yeah. in Spanish. Well, if you say it like you know what you... Siete, Siete cinco. cinco. Yes. Fünfenzimbazi? <clears throat> I'm sorry? Is that right off the right? Fünfenzimbazi? Is there an interpreter? <laughs> that's, well, that's, it's not that I'm saying it's right. I, I just didn't... I, wow. I, I, so now I'm you're, sorry. That was how the did we make I, the leap to there? Because that was the only second language I have other than Creole, and I can only count up to 10 in Creole. So I've forgotten how to count in Creole. Uh, count to 10 in Creole for me, will you? En de trois, quatre, cinq... Oh. <laughs> up to five. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> it was ten last time I tried it. Uh, Next time you ask, it might be three. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, that's great. That is great stuff. All right. So I think that's enough about Snapchat and Facebook. Uh, we've we've actually covered two different social networks in the first few minutes of the show. We did. Yeah. Now we can't say their names anymore. Okay. Okay. So now we have to call them the Big F and Chap Snap. <sighs> Because okay, chapsnat. Chapsnat, yeah, absolutely. What about chapsnap? The way I screwed it up. Yeah, I no, no. I thought you fine. said snap, snap, chap. <laughs> it doesn't matter. You can't screw up my snap, screw snap. Up, can you? <laughs> snap, chap. That's what you That's did. What snap, chap. Snap, chap. All right. Anyway. So uh, we have. <laughs> Sorry. We have a story coming up about. Can we talk about the story that I've been wanting to talk about forever? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do it. Yeah, do let's do it. In, tee it up, Josh. Let's do it in a minute. Let's okay. do. Our, let's do our break. I, uh, I have. Started listening to what I believe to be one of the coolest things ever. A book? Yes. <laughs> it's actually not a book, though. I, I, I got it on Audible, but it's not a book. Is this one of these channels that they've come out with? This is uh, one of the great courses, which, by the way... Yes, that's a channel. I love the great courses. Um, it's some amazing stuff. I am listening to, with my family, all three of us now are listening because we finished all seven Harry Potters. Oh yeah, I got to move on. From April to June, or just just a few days ago, yeah. From from a, the middle of April to the end of June, we listened to seven Harry Potter books, like at, together as a family. Wow. Yes, all three of us together. Did you get any work done during that time? Well, we drove back and forth to Georgia. Oh. And then in a long series of evenings where we turned the TV off and just listened, yeah, was really great. Really enjoyed it. Back in the good old days when all we had was radio, right, Rod? Yeah. And yeah. the family just sat around and listened to. Uh, Right, except, it, I remember except, that. Was it that NPR? Was, that, that was when yeah. life was in black and white. It, exactly. Or, or <laughs> what was, was it? It was yeah. orange back then. <laughs> it really was black and white. In your memory, when yeah. you remember, no, it really it? was. <laughs> yeah, color is a new development. In yeah, the world. yeah. It's only it's only been around since like the fifties. Uh, but <laughs> technology. <laughs> but our, our new take on this is rather than sit and stare at the radio, which is what you know you used to do. Grace and I, my daughter, we play Minecraft while we listen to sure. uh, uh, Audible. So that's kind of fun. I uh, can see that being a very soothing. It's great. We play in the same world um, together. Meditative. <laughs> we play this. We either on a, on a server. She has a server that I yeah, set up yeah. for, or we or we play in a land world. But anyway, what we started listening to is the secret life of words, English words and their origins. Oh, nice! By Professor Anne Curzan. Oh, that from sounds the University of Michigan. The secret life of words. I love this. This is like an eighteen-hour course. It's like thirty-six lectures. Each one is about half an hour, and she. Um, what have you learned? Well, I learned the the history of the Oxford English Dictionary. I did not know they crowdsourced the Oxford English Dictionary over like a twenty or thirty year span in the eighteen hundreds, the Good first man. edition. Oh, and the wow. way they the did, longest they Kickstarter ever. 
Yeah, they didn't crowdsource the um, the definitions, but they crowdsourced the quotations. And they said, send us quotations, and they had a little format that you used, and you, you, you filled out the quotation where you spotted a given word, and you would say, oh, I spotted it in Shakespeare, and here's the yeah. quote. You would write the quote, and you sent it to them, you mailed it to them, and they collected them. And that's how they figured out the use, the correct use of these words and the variations of how you could use a word in a different scenario. Exactly. And what a fascinating thing to learn. And and it's it's one of the items in The Secret Life of Words. But we've also learned all about etymologies of a bunch of different fascinating words. She uh-huh. talks about the way language changes. She talks about modern usages. I learned about the, t- the concept of an infix. You've heard of a prefix or a suffix? Yeah. An infix is where you stick something in the middle of a in word. In the middle of a word. Like abso-freaking-lutely, which, no <laughs> kidding, this college professor considers to be a valid usage <laughs> in English in the English language. Well, once you come up with a term for what it's called, oh, sure. then I guess anything is permissible. In- infix. Yeah. Well, infixes are apparently more common in other languages, and some linguists have argued you can't do it in English. And she says, no, you, you can do it in English. Yeah, Absolutely. You just yeah. did it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So anyway, uh, I'm loving this course. And of course, we're total nerds at our house, and we're word nerds, yeah, too. Yeah, if you didn't already tell. Yeah, so well. I, I saw when I, when I was on Audible, I saw that they had on the great courses, they had a two-for-one. Is that still going on, David? We bought this on the two-for-one, yeah. Yeah. So they, I mean, Audible often has neat little... Um, opportunities like that, in addition to your uh, book a month that you can get uh, with your subscription. They have a lot of different um, promotions like that, and I kind of wish I would have jumped on it. Oh, man. Well, My we problem is, is I can look through the great courses and cannot decide. Well, that, that's, it's like, you know, <laughs> you know, I actually didn't go to college for this reason. Like, I figured if I started... I would never stop. <laughs> like I would just keep changing You'd be majors. The professional I, yeah, student. I, I yeah. would still be somewhere on a college campus. Wait, you wait. Know, interested in something else? <laughs> I just had the realization that yeah. you didn't go to college. No. Okay, we should close out this ad so we can talk more about that. Yeah. Okay. So <laughs> hey, check out the great courses if you're like me and you need to catch up on your college uh, uh, curricula, or you just want to study fascinating stuff. Uh, the Great Courses is one of the just one of the many channels that you can benefit from on Audible. Check out uh, the free trial. Oh, here's how the free trial works. You go to audibletrial.com/dream. Get a free credit. You can spend it on anything you want out of all of the. What did you say? Seventy-five, eighty thousand titles. Or whatever I, it it's, keeps. I heard a hun- I heard like a hundred. There's a lot of keep adding to There's them. plenty to yeah. choose. Two hundred thousand. You're gonna love it. Start. You're gonna thank me, especially if you have a road trip coming up this summer. Uh, do it. You're gonna love it. AudibleTrial.com/dream. And if you stay on. After the month free trial, uh, you'll be signed up for the one credit per month account, the gold account, and uh, you can uh, rack up uh, a credit every month and spend it on whatever you want, and we love it. AudibleTrial.com slash dream. Hey, you didn't go to college? I didn't. Okay, so you could have fooled me with all that, uh, yeah, I know Latin and stuff. So... He's a pretty good faker, really. I learned it in high school. Yeah, yeah I mean, Latin. I, mean, I spent four years studying In general, Latin. I think he's... Yeah, you know, I... I he could be smarter than Do you think I'm a, He's probably smarter yeah. than you. You, you have an extremely high is, IQ. What I'm what I'm hearing is you didn't go to college, but you're not a moron. Huh. Yeah, but Okay, but, well see, this this sequitur, actually fits. I think you can go to college and be a moron. Uh, well, yeah, 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 yeah. Especially on Definitely. some of our modern college campuses. Oh my god. Yeah. I'm sorry. Was that offensive? Uh anyway, no, let's you, keep going. No, this this fits with my uh thesis on education anyway. Okay. And, you know, as I have children growing up, mm-hmm. I'm having to decide whether I really think that college is worth the investment. And perhaps this is a bunny trail I shouldn't bring up, but it's just well, interesting to me. So wh- there's wh- data on whether or not there's ROI, uh, especially with Depends today's major. 
right. especially with today's eye. Yeah, <laughs> the well, investment is so high. So, so I would never regret going to going to college. No, no, I don't think you should. Um, my business started because of something happened in college. My wife I met in college. That's awesome. Uh, my best friend met, met, met in college. He moved here smart after guy. college, which is cool. Very so, smart guy. Yeah, good area. Yeah. So, like. I, I can't imagine not going to college, but at the same time, most of what I learned, I forgot. I could probably relearn it and refresh on some of the terms. I, d- I did a, fi- a degree in finance, yeah. but most of it was not applicable to <laughs> if, my small business. If I had done a degree in finance, I would rapidly do what I could to forget that too. <laughs> I don't mean, I'm not picking on the degree. I'm just saying that, you know, I mean. No, it was a very practical decision yeah, yeah, driven no, no, by no. my totally uncle who, who was in business right. for, uh, he was director of marketing at uh, P&G, oh. managed relations Ooh. between Walmart and P&G. Wow. As you can imagine, P&G without Walmart. Wow. Nothing. Yeah. So big deal. Yeah. yeah, they need each so, other. Anyway, so he, I, he said he wished he had more understanding of, of finance in his degree. So well, I took wild. his advice and, okay, I'll, I'll get a finance So degree. it's interesting because, you know, um, I have a son that's gone to college, and I have um, a couple more that are looking at it. Um, but Colin, who we've talked about before, he went to college, and, and he's not using his degree, but yeah. he made a lot of contacts there. Uh, he met his wife there, yeah. Yeah. Um, and and he's an entrepreneur like you, and I, he feels like that it was for the experience a lot more than the actual knowledge oh, yeah. that he got out of it was the value for him at college. I just find that um, that theme being very interesting because – it seems clear that the actual value of what's being taught has definitely diminished. Yeah. But and so I don't I don't want to suggest that I'm an advocate for not going to college. I think everybody has to make a, a decision. You know, I, I and and I think there are plenty of reasons why there's a lot of merit for it. My wife has a master's degree. Yeah, uh, she's you know well, very for, well educated. For some careers, it's an absolute must. Yeah, absolutely. You can't be a doctor and not go to college. I, yeah, I think it's know, one of those things. Can't be a lawyer. It, the, the overarching problems, because both my wife and I both went to college. Can't but be an accountant. The overarching problem is that we have too much of our society and culture is, is saying, you have to go to college. You, general, young person, you have to go to college. <laughs> that, I think, is the mistake um, because we, we've diminished greatly the um, service um, you know, professions. And trades. And, that, and, and, and trades, so, professions. Yeah. Um, and I have I have a son that's in a trades profession, and he's yeah. doing very very well financially. So, but I know, also I, think I feel like I feel like if we could just direct him to look, what do you want to do? If you need a college degree for that, then that's great. But if you don't, this automatic go to college thing, and and actually there's some disagreement within the next generation of my family on this point. The automatic college thing um, is uh, very questionable then because the expense is so high. Well, and the debt and all of that. But on the other hand, and my wife has kind of chided me about this because I've talked pretty openly in our own home about the fact that I didn't go to college. And and she's been a little concerned that I'm the other direction. Like, I'm the guy championing the cause of you shouldn't go to college. Shouldn't go to college. And I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't want to communicate that at all. Be, you know, and especially because I do have a, a daughter and, a, and, and you know, I'm concerned that she might follow in my footsteps, and and there's that's a valid concern. I I, I want to make sure but that as, is your life worse because you didn't go to college? I don't know. Well, yeah, I guess how you can't could I know, know that. right? You can't know that, but you you have a pretty good quality of life, you would say, right? I, I would think so. So if she followed in your footsteps and had a pretty good quality of life without going to college, that would still be a pretty good decision. That would be fine, as, especially if she did what she really is created I to think do. That's the key. You know? And she's an artist. I mean, she's a, and, and among other things, I mean, okay, she's really well, fantastic. Really scratched the whole college thing, unless it's like Ringling or something. Well, we took her to it. She did a she did a summer <laughs> really expensive. She did a summer course at Ringling. Right. I mean, we we paid 
huge dollars to send oh, her for crazy. a week to a camp at Ringling this year on animation, actually. Yeah. Oh, they are fantastic, man. They just fill up um, the studios around the country. Ringling. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Ringling, a, a if you graduate generator. from Ringling, but you're going to, unless you find some way to pay for it otherwise, you're going to graduate with a crap load of debt. Right. You know, anyway. Right. Yeah. I think this is a little bit of a rabbit trail at this point, but I, yeah, I didn't go. But it's interesting. Can you, can you tell me at the time why, what was happening? Um, I, uh, I, I didn't feel like I should. I, I mean, it was pretty simple. You were in radio at the time, right? You were in radio I in was, high school. And in fact, um, the the GM of the radio station almost fired me over this decision when he found out that I had decided not to not go. to go to college. He See, said, "I don't." That's the sort of pressure I'm talking about. But he's yeah. no. But he's, But here's what he pressure. said: was he said, "I do not want you to think that a career in radio is going to be guaranteed to you, and that you should think that this is like this great future that you have." And he said, and he, he really strongly strongly urged me to reconsider. He didn't tell me I had to go. He just said, I want you to reconsider. And ultimately, he didn't fire me. He promoted me, and I was on the air in the evenings instead of overnight. So, uh, <laughs> you know, it, it I don't want out. you to count on a career here, but I'm going to give you a career here. Well, uh, yeah. And then eventually, I actually, I actually backed off of being on the air and went, went back to just doing production work. But that was just me. But anyway, yeah, I just didn't feel like it was the right thing for me to do. And, in, and I kind of joke about, in hindsight the decision being one based on the idea that I would still be there doing something new, uh, which might, which yeah. might actually have been true, but that was probably be a teacher. Yeah. Well, maybe that wasn't part of my thought process at the time, but later I kind of thought, you know what? It's probably good. I didn't do that because I would still be there. Yeah. And that was in my twenties and now I'm in my forties and I still think that might be true. Like, yeah. I might still be there. It's like, <laughs> I, I, I had a friend at Michigan state who was uh, a neighbor in married housing and he was, uh, he was a Vietnam vet and he went back to college late and, he got a couple of doctorates and all, never used them. He was the archetypical Ooh. professional college student. He was a genius, super smart. Um, and he just really, outside of Vietnam and college, he just couldn't find a place. He was a ranger in Vietnam. Oh, wow. And outside of Vietnam and college, he just couldn't find a place for himself. So after he finally got done going to school for like 15 years or something, and they had children, he's married and had children, um, he finally ended up like um, doing some part-time substitute teaching. Oh, wow. <laughs> I know. Isn't that crazy? Uh, that scares me so much. It really does. So I'm thinking that could have been you. It could have been me. <laughs> and I would have never started a business and become an entrepreneur. And, and, you know, who knows? I mean, here's the thing. So when you go through college or high school, you've learned everything they've told you to learn. You, you've done all the required courses. Maybe. It's pretty <laughs> much set out. You do have some extracurriculars. curriculars. Ooh, you, can do it. you can choose, right? Yeah. Yes, sir. Like art band Usually. and some computer classes i think they maybe have programming now i don't know so there's like a little bit but i feel like uh your dedication to learning in high school is oftentimes nil <laughs> kind of un unless you know yeah. you've got unless you are really into the college thing in which you're like well i gotta get my grades up so i can get a, a scholarship so i can you know do well on on the the tests so but at the same time, you, you, you probably haven't learned the skill of how to learn and be, become a lifelong learner. And that's the question I wonder is, okay, yes, it's the great experience, but does, does college, what it really needs to teach you, if you haven't learned it already, is how to continue your own education. Right. And I feel like the process is not The model is not for that, though, because the model uh, yeah. for most colleges really is built on getting students on campus. Because getting students on campus, which makes, some, the money. Uh, makes the most money. Yeah. And, and one thing you can say about colleges, for all the costs and expenses, um, they are practically all just booming. 
Oh, financially? Financially, they Absolutely. are. They, they yeah. build like crazy. Well, they keep expanding. They keep. Anytime there's a third party payer, the financial okay, stuff. Now, this is a really different conversation. But it's true. Oh, it's totally true. Think health insurance. Yeah, absolutely. Think car insurance, but health insurance is the biggie. Yeah, anytime someone else pays for the thing that you buy, you, there is the economics get screwed up. Yeah, it sure, doesn't I'll, matter what. Sure, it is. I'll have I'll take that test. Yeah, You're give saying, me all those tests just to make sure that we cover every base. Well, you wouldn't say that if you had to write a check for twelve thousand dollars, but if you do a copayment of fifty bucks, sure, I'll take all those tests. So That's exactly how it gets warped. The point I was actually trying to make. Okay, sorry. Is that the way <laughs> they teach you to learn is so that you can pass the test? Yes. And that, so you're, you're learning how to memorize things. Right. How? And memorization is a skill, but it's only one. How useful is it to really, to have a head full of memorized ideas or, or test questions? Like, if you don't really understand, and I know this is, sounds like an argument for like every test should be an essay question, but... They're I'm, hard not, to grade. I'm not trying That's to it. say that. That's the problem is they're hard to grade. <laughs> yeah, they're hard that to grade. That would be the most valuable I, I, for the student. I, yeah. I, I see. I'm. I've been a lifelong learner since I can't. I since I can remember, and so I was always motivated to go learn. And yeah. if I wanted to learn about something, I did. I actually was really blessed. I was in a public high school or in a public school system in Houston when I was younger, and um, they identified a few uh, weird kids like me. Threw us in a room, and what they did was they made uh, for for language arts and math. They made half of our grade independent study. Oh, Pick that's anything amazing. you want and go learn about it and yes. report on it. And so, like, I did this massive, and I remember this like it was yesterday. Nineteen eighty six, Halley's comet came, uh, you know, to Earth or visited or, or blasted by, <laughs> came or, by. yeah, uh, swung by, yeah. I did, I did like a two-hour report on Haley's Comet because I spent like all this time yeah. studying. I was really fascinated by it. And then the teachers got together and they said, can you present this to the science department? So they, they, oh they actually lined up a whole bunch of kids at the school and said, let's all listen to him talk about Haley's Comet, which was, I mean, this was all great experience for me as a sixth grader. Now that, oh, that's incredible. That, a lot more of that in the schools would be a great thing. It was fantastic. And I loved it. I devoured subjects. I studied whatever I wanted to. I had poor eyesight, so I learned about the human eye. Yeah. I, uh, I learned about wiretapping. I was really? that, I was that kid. Yeah. So, like, I could have tapped your phones when I was, you know. That's so cool. 12. That's fair to use. <laughs> or whatever old, however old I was. Anyway, yeah. So, I mean, that really kind of set me up. Although I kind of came from a family where we were that way anyway. We would just study things and learn and go yeah. to the library. And the card catalog was my favorite. That's why, I like, Google is crack for me. Googling it's, things? Oh, man. Having so much information at our fingertips. Ugh. So I've been bring that up yeah. when we get to the tool of the day. Okay, we'll bring it up. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I kind of have a different opinion on, on Google. <laughs> and you know, Jill's going to listen to this episode, Rod. Oh, dear. Oh, oh dear. I'm sorry, David. Jeez. Yeah. Okay, all right. So let's talk about PR. Yeah, Josh has a story to tee up for <laughs> us here. <laughs> well, whenever I find a PR article, I'm like, all right, what's Rod going to think of this one? So this one's titled, Why Most... People suck at PR. Yeah, most startups. <laughs> it says most startups, but but I, I think that was a bad title. Okay, because I think it, it should have been why why most people suck at PR, and here's how things are changing in, in the landscape. And he, he makes the point, which we, we would all agree with, that we're all going after these like you know TechCrunch, Wired, Wall Street Journal. Um, although I would argue New York Wall Times, Street, the Wall main, Street, yeah. the, a lot of these big, big, big publications. And and his argument is. That's not where people are going on a daily basis to get their information anymore. Yeah, particularly on what your business might be about. 
And so like you're, you're kind of wasting your time for that. And basically saying it might work for some niches. It might work as a, like an overall strategy, but you have to think a lot bigger. And he says, okay, so the, the landscape for press has changed. Um, you know where we are in the article? Is there anything you would disagree with at this point, Rod? No, no. I thought, that, I thought it was uh, on it pretty well. This is by Dave Gerhardt, by the way, who is from Drift. Uh, he's a marketer at Drift and also uh, tech in Boston. He's like a Bostonian. Okay. Okay, so he, he talks about the pitch, the specific angle to, let's say, we are still trying to get on TechCrunch, for example. Right. He says most people are pitching incorrectly. They're pitching their company. They're pitching why it's unique, blah, 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 which this sounds actually like it's been taught. Like, that's the right. general knowledge. His argument is tell your story as a person. So, you know, you're the guy that, you know, came out of the... Uh, accounting industry, and now you're looking to revolutionize it with its awesome new accounting tool. And you kind of tell your story, your journey, because that's what's interesting to reporters. I don't... Is that... Yes. Really? Yes. Uh, and the reason why that works a lot is because huh. a, lo a lot of reporters are, are like uh, typical readers. They're most interested in a story that's humanized, which is why reporters are often taught to look for the anecdotal lead, even if you have a story that's all about economics or about some rezoning thing, you want to make, you want to humanize that story. So you want to put a face to it, tell a little story. That's the first couple paragraphs of the would, story. Would you have thunk this? Sally got kicked out of her house because of the new zoning law for the- That's exactly yeah. right. And boom, you grab a lot more readers than the county commission voted three to yeah, two yeah, yeah, last yeah, yeah, night yeah. to blah, blah, blah. So if you, if you convert that to- you know, XYZ company has created this new product that will do XY, you know, whatever, then that's kind of dull. But if you start in with the, with, hey, Bob had this huge problem hanging over his yeah. head or Bob, you know, Bob tried this and tried that, but here's where he landed. That's a far more compelling introduction. Okay. So then you so get either the, using uh, your you story attention. or a customer's story right. as kind of the, the lead. That, that's exactly right. And I do that with a lot of people because basically you need to get the reporters and editors um, and bloggers' attention in the same way they try and get readers' attention. Now, now, what I understood is, okay, so I read this article recently about how the press release is dead. A guy at TechCrunch is like, don't send me another email with you know your press release attached. Right. I'm not going to read it, no matter what you title it. He's like, here's the format. You need to tell me why what you're working on why it's applicable to the news in today. So like, what's the trend as far as what's happening? What have you seen in the news lately? And how does your company relate to that news? How can we fit it into the narrative we're already telling? And that to me is like, oh man, that's okay. That's tough. Doesn't sound fun either. Right. But that's kind of the reporter's job, right? <sighs> To a degree, I mean, but you, I'm not, you I'm not saying you shouldn't story. do it because it's their job. I'm just saying that that's tough, and that's what they have to do. So, all do you the have time. to tie like your personal story into the so, general narrative? So where like, th this works well for a lot of the time, but each one needs to be each situation, each company product needs to be sort of graded um, for itself because sometimes the the story behind it is a little bit meat and potatoes. It's a little bit sort of average and all. Whereas you might have something very compelling as far as a news event. Because you, if you don't have a good anecdotal story lead, then what you have to have is a strong news peg for it. So if you can tie it to some major trend in the economy, that's almost always a hit. Yeah. Yep. Or, or demographic trend. Whatever the trend is, if you hit, then can tie that right in. You know, I mean, like with all the shootings, say, 
if you had some product that could deal with shootings, that would be a perfect, <laughs> right? I mean, that would because everybody's talking about that. So um, that yeah, would be I, a, yeah, I saw a that gu- would be the tie a gun Every, lock or like a technology that makes sure that only you can shoot the gun, s- some sort of thing like that. That yeah. thing came around, or if that, you that, built an app that that showed where a live shooting situation was happening, so you could stay away from it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, notified like that. you if one was in five mile radius, like yeah. you know something like that. Okay, so yeah, I'm kind of sorry you said that one on the air. That's a good one. Um, but <laughs> but no, the concept there. I've already built it. Oh, what, yeah. I see. Yeah, yeah, the yeah, concept yeah. there being that you, you're going to get most. All of those reporters, editors, bloggers, etc., to open that, and that's really what you need to do: get them to open it and, and have an interest in it. Okay, so so you get them to open it with how does my story tie into uh, either how is it compelling uh, personally, or how does it fit trend or a news peg for you? Okay, fantastic. All right, so well, I, and you know, I did this a few months back with a col- with it was a guest column, but it was it was it was a guest column that I remember this? Yeah, and but but I jumped on a story that was all over the news about a, a, a very tragic situation that was going on, and of course my story, my column directly related to it. But nevertheless, that's the reason it got published. Right. So, but but it was easy to get that editor's attention. That that was the thing. Really easy to get his attention. So yeah. I thought something else though in this story was really interesting um, when they talked about um, the author talks about changing some of the channels um, to get press because everything I w- ju- I just said was true. And, for traditional, and for traditional, but I think it, it also actually transfers to um, that concept transfers to the other sorts of channels that he talks about. I thought this was fun too, actually, because and and the reason why I find it super relevant is because I'm just taking on a client who um, is writing a book and he's a he's a politician and it's going to be coming out in the next few months and this is the exact channel method I'm using to promote, um, okay, his book and that is uh, speaking engagements, podcasts. Um, content PR, um, you know, that sort of thing, getting it in those sorts of mediums, not shooting for the New York Times, not even shooting for all of the old traditional ones. Speaking engagements is a great one for books, but for a lot of other things too. Um, you know, a lot of other products where you can, um, you can create, or services even better yet, where you can create that interest in a personal speaking engagement way. Podcasts, since there are so many podcasts, as we know, and there are um, podcast love guests, and so if you can get on podcasts in the industry, uh, the podcasts also give you a highly focused audience as a rule, which is something that any good PR person uh, and marketing person should be searching for for their clients. Yeah. Wait, remember, what so was, I love those avenues. How, what episode was it where we talked about micro-influencers yeah. being way more effective as far as an ROI? I think the study was based yes. off yep. of Instagram likes and engagement. Uh, on those micro influencers versus the ones, you know, the yep. yeah, the ones with the huge, uh, huge numbers. We um, we also get pitched by potential guests. So if you've if you've pitched us on coming on the show and we haven't responded, it's just because we didn't necessarily feel like it was a great fit for our audience. So that's one of the things that we do. I mean, we yeah, we ha- love yeah. having guests, but we love having guests that we feel like are really going to yeah. add. And most podcasts and bloggers and others are that is going to be their filter for it. You know, it needs to be something relevant to their listenership. But Dave's point is, just look. You can find them. They're out there. There's a podcast Absolutely. on just about any topic you There's can. There's probably multiple podcasts on exactly, it. Exactly. Yeah. So that was kind of fun. I also appreciated his little tip about just finding people who've already written about your competitors. Yeah. So just looking at articles and you know publications and so forth and find the author. And um, if they've written about your competitor, potentially, yeah, they're yeah. going to be you know a good target for you to reach out to. Use you know? Google. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. Uh, we ha- okay, we have this is 
we should have done this a long time ago. Do you remember that when we mentioned that um, Google was changing their auto suggest to promote Hillary Clinton? Yes. Or to right. uh, hide the criminal, hide investigation. criminal. criminal investigation. Did right. you guys hear how that ended? Mm-mm. Well, apparently. Uh, aside from her being acquitted. Yeah. yeah well, no. <laughs> well, okay. They're not, they're not being charged. Uh, Google whatever. hides it for everybody. If it's a if if it's somebody's name and then something like some negative word, it's hiding from all of AutoSuggest. Oh, okay. So like, so if, like you if you looked you were, up Josh Muccio criminal investigation, it would not autocomplete. Right. I mean, that's not going to work because you know, it's not like a lot of people are searching that. Um, well, we could we could start a trend right now. Everybody search. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. Well, you're not going to find any results. Um, yeah. Messed me up I'm with that. Sorry, one. man. I did. You just, I just, I totally threw a rock in your pond, didn't I? Yeah. Uh, you hey, it's funny. Here's did. funny. The top result for Josh Muccio criminal investigation right now is White House FBI investigation into Hillary is criminal. Okay. So, oh, wow. I, well, all right. So I just tried it with George Bush lied. Takes the other side of it, right? Yeah. Because that would be something you know, Bush lied, people died type thing. Yeah. George Bush lied, no auto finish. Uh, but see if it does it on Bing. I'm Bing. Oh, I guess because that's this. That's that was the whole argument of this thing was that the other search engines were because obviously there's lots of search traffic for Hillary Clinton criminal charges, uh, but nobody took the stance of okay, let's test it out for some other political. Yeah, it does. It does auto finish George Bush lied and Bing. Okay. So yeah. so um, so this is actually this point, something being consistent actually. Though. Yeah, and okay. and it's a very interesting touch that, that apparently Google was doing. So nobody why, knew why about. Why would they want to uh, hide that? I iron out the negative. Well, I, I think it has to do with um, the, the right to be forgotten. Yes. Which is interesting well, that they're interesting. at the forefront of that. But then again, like Bing and you know Yahoo and these people are, are obviously apparently not paying any attention to it. So this is kind of funny. I am looking for President Bush miserable failure, and that doesn't autocomplete either. Well, no, no, I just went with George Bush lied because at the other end of the political spectrum, and it is the one of the most common things is he lied us into the Iraq War. No, yeah, he, yeah, but, yeah, but miserable failure is is, is the is most the famous me- Google bomb ever. Is it a meme? <laughs> oh, that's right, the SEO. Yeah, the the yeah. in two thousand one, yeah. a bunch of 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 political uh, hacks got yeah. together <laughs> and they all linked to the the president's bio page on the whitehouse.gov the word, site miserable and they failure. and they yeah. put miserable failure in the anchor text of their links and that so if you googled correct. miserable failure you got the white house page uh, the bio on the yeah. white house page for president bush so uh, and if you google miserable failure the top result is actually the wikipedia article on google bomb right now but um but but it's funny that you can't google bush miserable failure and have it autocomplete so yeah it, yeah but it does uh, autocomplete on bing for example Okay, if I do just Bush miserable failure, it. Oh, well, maybe that's because I just searched it. Now I don't know. Uh, oh, it's like looking at your search yeah, yeah, history. Yeah, at my uh, own okay. history instead. Yeah, of that. I got George Bush miserable and and it auto finished miserable failure. George Bush. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So it did. Uh, anyway, we used to use that story all the time to teach people how anchor text links work for uh-huh. SEO. Yeah, you've but of used course, that on the store before. It doesn't work uh, it, show. on the show. Yeah, it doesn't work anymore. Uh, because right. the, the the phrase has to be was, on the page. Right, right, right. My gosh, yeah. that was almost last century. <laughs> almost. Yeah. Uh, I, I got to visit Google uh, out in San Francisco. Oh, I, you got to tell us about your trip, man. How did it go? Yeah, so the, the Google campus to me was so uh, eclectic. Yeah. And they, they even called their like little visitor center, they called it a beta. And you walked in, oh, and I, I recorded my like, audio fish. as I'm walking through. Did you get swag? 
<laughs> Did you go to the swag store? I well, okay. So have you How heard are of you the saying that swag? Okay. Yeah. yeah. Sorry. I know. Uh, okay, so I went to Apple first. Like any good app, Apple fanboy would, right? I'm not an Apple fanboy anymore. So, so I walk in, and I, I had read these articles about how cool the company store is at Apple. Yeah. Now you can buy all this swag that's not available anywhere else, and it's just the store with Apple merchandise, like not their computers, but just stuff. Oh, okay. And with Apple logo, just fun stuff. And so it's like this really unique store. I show up. It's been turned into a regular old Apple store with a little section for some t-shirts oh, and a little section man. for some mugs and stuff. I was so disappointed. I walked out and I said, forget you guys. Like I was there for all of 15 minutes trying to figure out like, it's not like the Google campus where you can go walk around. You can check in as a visitor, hop on their bike. Like you can experience the whole Google thing. Yeah, that, but that totally goes to company culture though, oh, too, yeah. between the two. I mean, yeah. we know Apple's a control freak. They're going to, they're going to make it that I, way. I love Apple products, but I don't, I don't think I'd want to work at Apple. Yeah. Interesting. Google looked super, and, and like the visitor center in Google was just this. I, I almost felt like I, it was it was still in the seventies or something. Like it was just this. It was just very eclectic, not organized, not even clean. It was, the room was the carpet was like frayed, and it was just <laughs> it was like some Chromebooks scattered around, a few benches, a bunch of what, Android the, figurines everywhere. This? The visitors. Oh, the Android there. figurines are pretty legendary. That's cool. okay. Well, yeah. that was that was outside, but yeah, they, they had like some like, little mini oh, uh, little ones Android figurines, yeah. uh, just for fun. They call them bar, like Android bar. I'm just trying to get weird. my head around what room does Google allow visitors into that has frayed carpeting and is dirty. Well, they they don't want you to, you know. It's I, not a big. I mean, that's why they call it beta. <laughs> they don't want you to be interested in coming on campus and seeing the way yeah. that the, the real. Yeah. Well, oh, okay. What's what's more interesting than and anything I did on the Google campus was the fact that I searched Google, I start, searched it on maps, and autocorrect shows like Google Visitor Center. And so I pop it up. It's the wrong place. <laughs> Google has the wrong location oh, for their video. Good. So like, I went and I found this, this thing, That's and it hilarious. was like, but it's not the main visitor check-in section that should have, like, it's not where I should have gone as a first-time visitor to Google. That's uh, funny. So I kind of got this alternate, just very eclectic experience of oh, Google. Neat. It was, uh, I felt like it was, it fit their personality quite yeah. a bit. It was like that open source. Yeah. Uh, oh, did you hear Apple open source their? Are, are they? Uh, they decrypted their the kernel in Mac. Really? And, and I I need to dig into it more. But basically, and the the argument is because of this whole thing that happened. Uh, Mm-hmm. What are we San calling Bernardino? this? Yeah, the San Bernardino case. That they want their, they don't know, maybe they don't know how their phone is being cracked. Because nobody else knows what that kernel, at the, up to this point, has all been encrypted. So they want the community to hack it. They want the community to hack it, suggest change, and isn't that crazy? And then they said, well, no personal information is ever stored on the kernel, so it's not, it doesn't need to be encrypted. Um, but it, this is, I mean, to me, this is a fundamental change because Apple in the past would have been, you know, well, yeah. let's, let's decrypt it just because. I'd like to look into that story more, actually. Maybe, maybe, uh, maybe between now and the next, uh, let's next do episode. It. You should yeah. do it. Okay. So, You'll probably uh, understand it better than me. Fun stuff. So you have a tool for us, Rod. Oh. I'm yeah. going to leave I, the room now. <laughs> doesn't I, matter. Jill's still going to listen. <sighs> yeah, I have a tool because I felt like when, you know, I mean, basically Josh left us a you tool. I'm the, the guy that edits these episodes. Even... I, I don't have to include this part. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it, well, yeah, but we already plugged it a lot earlier. Jill uh. will know. 
and then she'll be on your case. All right. So this now is now I'm super curious. This, <laughs> I have no idea. This is actually this is a tool that um that I got because I'm going through a little bit of reprioritizing of the company and a little bit of refocusing, <sighs> and I needed to um, I needed to really identify. <laughs> You're where doing my that time too? was going. Oh, man. I needed to identify how I was spending my time each day. Oh, For yeah, the yeah. record, I've done this before. Mm-hmm. I did it uh, a number of years ago when I was, when I was working with a coach, and, I, and I've done it a couple of times since then, where I go for an entire week. Actually, I just used good old paper and wrote down everything I did. So I thought about paper, and I decided this would be easier for me. Because yeah, because it's painful. To it, do it. It is. And it takes it, time. It is a painful thing. So this is called A-Tracker. Um, it's wonderapps.se slash A-Tracker, but it's A-Tracker um, uh, in the App Store. And what it does is it allows me to um, create all the different categories that I need. So I have, you know, from grow to dream, uh, personal, morning routine, social media, research, eating, meetings, projects, emails, uh, travel, workout. Um, I even put a little nap in there. Um, I mean, there's you can because the the point is is how much do you want to account for each minute of the day to really see where your time is going each day. So I'm in my first week of it here. Oh, good! And, it's only for iOS. And uh, <laughs> bummer. That's right. There, there's other options here, Jill. Um, but on this particular one, it is. Uh, I've just found it very enlightening for myself because already within the first week, it's kind of like, oh crud. Yeah, I'm, I I am losing a lot of time between the tracks. Uh, be, I'm sorry, between the cracks on things. I'm just squandering time on little things. Like, and so when you said earlier um, uh, why Google is like crack for you or whatever you said, yeah, um, because you keep wanting that is that's one of the many areas where you can have a real time suck. Now, if you cheat on the app, of course, then you don't learn anything. But no, if you're but honest you, you about cheat. it, you right, do there's it, no right. value then. Yeah. Um, even though I am answering to my wife, who is my facilitating consultant on this oh, project. Is she? Yes. You know, they're yes. really she's good my, at that, my overlord on this project. I, I've brought Lisa <laughs> in on the on the pitch, mm-hmm. and uh, I've just been having her basically manage manage me. That's, and, well, like, that's partially what that's partially what Kim is doing with me here. It, it takes a lot of maturity to do that with a spouse. It really does. Well, she's like she's way more. I've realized she's way more organized than me. Uh, Jill is like the I best think, manager I know. I mean, seriously, she's 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 really good at it, and God bless her for even trying to manage me. But she does. Yeah. Well, so and, I'm I'm going to reveal something probably about me here. Then you should. When I, as Kim has been, um, other than the fact that you like to take, take naps. Yes, right. Uh, the um, overlording me a little bit here and been managing me at least as far as you know reprioritizing things and then on the time management here. Um, I realized part way through this week that her skill set is coming from all of the homeschooling of our children. Yeah, I would imagine. <laughs> and, and so all of those children, I'm thinking, she's homeschooling me. You're, you're, getting, you're getting schooled by your <laughs> wife. I'm getting schooled oh my by gosh. my wife, and it's working. That's right. great. Yeah. Like you that's really yeah. good. That's, yeah. I mean, that's how I, like, if, if you set aside the ego part of it and realize, oh, wow, this person's right. Exactly. Uh, yeah. I think there's a lot of benefit and the really, That's what I'm learning. One of, one of the other benefits of it is she's free. You mean you, you mean oh, she like doesn't sh- cost you money like a big uh, like a coach right. like actually actually hiring a consultant like this would cost a lot of money. She's free now. I should also say in this app real quick, you can only do four categories for the free one. You have to upgrade, uh, you know, buy it for five bucks to do all the categories. That kind of oh, thing. that's fine. Yeah. yeah, that's not that's not make bad. it work. No. Try it out with five. Well, it's funny, especially if I drop it. five, I'm going to take it more seriously because I'm just that way. But especially if you it's only five bucks, dude, and I'm still going to do it. If you but if you take it if you take it seriously, I mean, I I like I said, I've been through similar exercises. Didn't have an app, but been through similar exercises. It's always very revealing, and it. 
it's grueling to kind of see, you know. Well, it's taken me most of this week to actually get into habit of continually changing it when I change what I'm doing. Every time I, I get up and leave the office. So, so like one thing. So I work out most days. And, and I have in my mind that like a P90X workout, it's 50 minutes. So in my mind, I've had it as 50 minutes. But when I start workout, as soon as I leave my office, well, you got to change your clothes. You got to get your little drink ready. You got to do other things. And I realize I'm 13 minutes into my workout and I'm not even outside in the garage yet, you know? Uh -huh. And so these 50-minute workouts are more like an hour 25 out of my day. Wait, you and, work out in the garage? How and, hot is that? Uh, uh, it's an oven. Yeah. It's just an oven. That's brutal. Um, but it's also right there. <laughs> um, so... The, the point being, and that's not the only category. There's a number of these categories where I'm spending more time on all of these things than I thought I was in my head. Uh huh. Uh -huh. It's the transition time. It's the, it is. It's a lot of transition Between time. And I'm probably cheating in my head a little bit saying, oh, it's not taking that long. Yeah. But it is. <laughs> yeah. So interesting app. Hmm. And enlightening. That's a good one. I want to check that out. Okay. All right. I'm going to have my wife administrate me. Do oh, it. man. Do it. God bless all of your wives. <laughs> and God bless Jill as she tries with David. Oh, uh, she's tried so hard. <laughs> she's not the first. I, ha I hired someone who was also an excellent manager and, and just really took great pleasure in bossing people around. And, and she, was, she gave up, actually, I think, on me. So, she, and you're right. She was good. Yeah. She was really, really, yeah, really she good. Was. She doesn't listen to the show. She so gave up on you? Yeah. She, yeah, she did. <laughs> Where does all your time go and why... Are you okay with that? Why can't you get this done, David? Yeah, it was more that yes. <laughs> than anything else. Oh, yeah. well, geez. Why isn't this done already? So I am looking into drugs. We'll see. Better living through chemistry. Okay. Uh, uh, not recommended by the show. No, no, no. no. I, mean, I mean actual like ADD meds. Nah. We're going to look into it. We'll see. Okay. All right. Okay. Really? All right. Yeah, yeah, we'll see. If I can, you know. Different show. I, I, started, I started trying to find a good place to get tested, and then I got distracted, so... Uh, yeah. Does marijuana help? Us? <laughs> yeah, it just just does it. I couldn't resist the joke there. It might. Yeah. All right. So uh, fun show today. Episode seventy five is in the can. Uh, you can find all the stuff as we said said before. GrowTheDream.com slash shows slash zero seven five. We would love to hear your feedback on any of the above. PR, Snapchat, the tools. Yeah, whatever it is. Uh, you can tweet us at GTD Show. You can email us show at growthedream.com. If you're curious about Rod's naps, which I am. Yeah, make sure you tweet Rod. They are pretty short. Hey, can and you? They're not regular. Are you going to publish your log like on the web so we can all hold you accountable? No. Because I was going to say we, sh we should all tweet you during your naps. It is enough. Well, they're all over the place. It is enough uh, oh. that my wife sees it. Okay. So, uh, boy, you really want to be held accountable. Publish it. That would be uh, no. No. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So you can find Rod's Twitter account at uh, Rod underscore Thompson. There's no P in Thompson. You can find Josh Muccio on Twitter, although he might unfollow you at Josh Muccio. <laughs> I'm going to follow you back. I'm just kidding. And you can find David Johnson at the David Johnson because he's the David Johnson, you know. That's right. Are you ever not going to say that? Uh, no, it's now habit. <laughs> Sorry. This is, he's a little ADD. I'm a little OCD. This is how it goes. Are you? We need an acronym for you, Josh. Just my So if I tap ADD, you here, OCD. I'm not OCD about that. Do you feel like you need your other shoulder tap? No, I feel like I want to hit you. <laughs> <laughs> for more on this bromance, tune in next week for the exciting conclusion of Josh versus Rod. Right. Absolutely. Okay, we'll see you next week. Take care. Thanks for listening to the Grow the Dream Show. We invite you to subscribe and leave us a review on iTunes, Stitcher, or your favorite podcast app. 
get connected to our growing community, add your comments, ask questions, and listen to the archives on the web at growthedream.com show. Thank you.